Hi, and welcome to another Give to Local podcast. I've got to say I'm really enjoying these. We are speaking to some fantastic characters, some world beaters in their chosen sports. Uh, and I've got to say today, doesn't disappoint in the slightest, has won everything there is to win in rugby league, including the Man of Steel Award, two years running. It's never been done before. It's never been done since. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our podcast this time, Mr. Paul Sculthorpe. Paul, good morning. Morning, Justin. Yeah, um, great, to, um, uh, great to join you, Paul. I've got to ask you, uh, uh, Man of Steel Award, two consecutive seasons. How do you win a Man of Steel Award? Because I'm thinking in my mind, the perception is you spit nails, you chew bricks, and you could probably punch me through Zoom if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Um... So it's a nice little name, isn't it? It's nice to be uh, nice to be known. No, obviously it's the uh, you know it's the, it's the, it's it's what's regarded as the, as the best player in the in the competition over that over that year. And uh, yeah, I had a I had a, a pretty uh, a pretty good run. Um, you know, I've never made no bones about it. I was I was part of a, a great side at St Helens. You know, playing with playing with some great players, and you know we had, we had a lot of success over certainly over my my, my period at. Uh, at St Helens for that 10, 11 years, and uh, yeah, the uh, the individual awards are, are nice, um, but you know we, we had a lot of success as a team, and, and I have no thing that no this you know illusions that that my my teammates had a massive part on uh, on my career. It's interesting, isn't it? Most most players, uh, most professionals who get to this kind of stage, who get to that kind of standard in their career, always reflect on, particularly in team sports, how. They've been given the opportunity by the players around them. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's it is a team sport, and you can be the best player in the world, but if you're out there on your own, um, you know, you, you won't be successful. And you know, it's it's about building that that team. You know, in in everything, you know, I speak to a lot of people now, and, and like corporates and, and everything, and there's so many so many similarities between between sport and business about. You know the the ethics, the you know putting good teams together, building good cultures. You know within within either sports teams or businesses, uh, and that's what drives success. And uh, you know we, I was very fortunate to be at a great club at, at St Helens, is saying, and that was a that was a big part of probably the biggest part of of what made us so successful is is the way that the players you know fought for each other, the way the way we got on, down to you know the the. The chairman and, and the kind of people that that he that he, he, that he bought um, players that he bought not just about their ability on the field but what sort of a person were they off the field would they fit into to our culture and uh, and that was that was one of the driving successes. That, I mean, there's not much you haven't achieved. Captaining at international level, hat tricks at international level, every major honour there is to win. You've pretty done pretty much everything. Is there one standout moment for you? That you look back on that that will forever be in your memory. I know most of that will, but is there one moment that you think, yeah, that was it? Yeah, um, yeah, there, there, there is. There's there's quite a few to be honest. You know, there's there's playing for for Great Britain and certainly that that first ever cap. You know, there's playing in in cup finals. You know, certainly my, my first ever big final. You know, for after my move from uh, from Warrington to St Helens, but. Probably the one that stands out for me, the one I, I speak about the most, would be, would be 2004. That was my first first final, Challenge Cup final at, uh, at the Millennium Stadium at Cardiff. My first one as a, as a captain of St. Helens. Um, and it was a Saints-Wigan derby, which for me is the, is the biggest game in, in rugby league. Um, 
and it was the two best teams. And it was just a bonus for me that me, my younger brother Danny was was playing for Wigan as well. Um, you know, we we had, it was a great game between two great great clubs. You know, sellout stadium on a beautiful day, uh, and, and I got to uh, I got to lift the Challenge Cup. Something I'd done. I'd grown up watching, you know, legends like Ellery Hanley and, and players like that do walk up them steps at Wembley and, and this was my opportunity. So to be able to do that in a Saints Wigan Derby uh, is, is, is really one of the, you know, the, the, the very much a highlight of, uh, of my career. I always find it funny when you come up against a sibling in, in, in elite sport because he was, Danny was part of your testimonial. So you've obviously very close as, as brothers. But then when you meet him in a final like that, playing against him, when you want to kill everyone else on the opposition, metaphorically, um, how do how does that work out? Well, see, I always I always treated Danny as a as another player. You know, I had it him as hard as I did anybody else. Um, <laughs> Danny always treated me as hit me twice as hard as he could hit anybody else. <laughs> that was his uh, that was his focus. There was certainly no brotherly love from uh, from him. You know, I, it's one of them. Once once you cross the whitewash, you know, rugby league. You know, we're Quite a, a, across the game, you know, a lot of a lot of players, you know, between clubs are, are good friends, and you know, but but for eighty minutes that friendship goes out the window. It's about competing. It's about getting on top of your opposition. It's about winning. It's an interesting one for your family, isn't it? Because obviously they're going to get a phone call. Well, they don't because they'll watch it on telly or they'll be there. But one son wins, one son loses. It's kind of arm round one and jumping up and down with the other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you speak about that, and, and and that 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 Challenge Cup that I spoke about in two thousand and four. Obviously, me and Danny, I think we were the first brothers in in sixty odd years to play against each other in a in a Challenge Cup final. So a lot of the build up was about was about us, uh, our family. So we had, we had Claire Bold in at my mum and dad's for dinner, and 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 doing interviews, and you know, do, doing a lot of the a lot of the PR that that week was was about us too. So. There was a lot of interviews with my mum and dad as well, and it was like, "How are you going to feel? Because you, you know now you're going to win and you're going to lose." Uh, and they said, "You know, it's it's one of them. We've we've just got to accept." But you know, it's great to see you know two boys. Uh, we've got an elder brother as as well who who's a good player. Um, but two of the of the three boys, you know, on the biggest stage in in the rugby league calendar, and uh, it's just going to be a, a great day, whatever. And remember him saying after the. Like before the game, but they said after the game, you know, we're not going to go to either of the hotels because you, you both have obviously, you know, events planned for for after the game. We're going to uh, we're just going to go out for a meal in, in Cardiff and uh, and leave you to it. And you know, we don't want to be siding with with either side. And uh, I remember Danny pulling me, my mum and dad, after the the game, and he just said, "Listen, your son's just picked up the Challenge Cup for the first time in his career. You go and celebrate with him." So they come they come back to our hotel and had the. Uh, after match celebrations and uh, yeah, we had a good night. So no, that was uh, that was good of our kid. And uh, as I say, you, to be able to share that with mum and dad because all the way through, I know my career, my, my brothers speak the same. Um, the biggest supporters of, of everything that, that we've done, you know, from from starting out in this game, they've run us everywhere. You know, we've we've, we've never needed for kit. They've, they've supported. They've, they've never missed a game that we've played in, be it amateur or professional. Um, so you know, for them to be able to share that occasion was was special. Who sparked that interest in in rugby league? Who got you involved in the game right at the very start and made you want to be that player? Um, I got made to, <laughs> to, to for that spark because I actually followed me my eldest brother Lee, who was a, who was a footballer, and I was I was into football. I mean, I was I was eight years old. 
Um, my old man had played rugby league. We lived in, in Oldham, which is a big rugby league town. And there was an advert for uh, for a new rugby team, a team called Royton Tigers, who were setting up, and it was it was their first ever training session, inviting players to to come along. Uh, my younger brother Danny wanted to go, and and I got told against my will that you're going with him. Um, I remember screaming all the way there. I didn't I didn't want to play rugby league. I, you know, I wanted to be a footballer. Um, and straight away, you know, I took part. And from that first hour, I uh, I knew it was uh, I knew it was a game for me. So it was it was that quick. You just knew straight away that I like this sport. I love this sport. I loved it. I mean, I was I was the middle one of three brothers, so I'd spent my life fighting and wrestling, and you know, so it, it just it fit perfect with uh, with everything that we were about. So um, yeah, and you know, from that first ever training session, and that's something that I, you know, I speak to kids now is is, is give it a try because you know it's a, it's a it's a great game. You know, it covers everything, and um, you know. Give it a go, and and you might enjoy it because that was certainly my my taking on it. You know, I I was I was never wanting to be a to be a rugby player up until that first ever training session, and and then I was hooked. And you know, from from I played at eight years old for an under nines team. I, I represented Great Manchester uh, County at, at under nines, and you know the the rest is history. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'm certainly glad that I, I went along. Out of all the brothers. Who got the most Man of Steel awards in the garden or in the living room? <laughs> well, it was always them two v me. So I think that's <laughs> the thing. Being the, the middle one, you, you, know, you, you get the, the raw end of everything, don't you? Um, so no, we, we, we are all very close, and, and you know, I, I always always say that you know that 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 growing up and the way you know we we just live with a with a ball or a, or a cricket bat or a you know golf club in our hands and and. I think that had a, a big bearing on, you know, it's them, it's them early, early, you know, core skills and, and the movement skills that you learn as a kid, you know, climbing trees and everything. And I think that's had a massive effect me on, on, on sport these days, you know, because kids aren't out there doing that as much. And, and I think we see that through sport. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big thing for me is, is get back kids, you know, out there playing with a ball in their hands and, and get on the park and, and, and enjoy themselves because that is where you develop. I know you're a you're a big advocate of the game, particularly at grassroots level. And looking at your Twitter and everything else you do is all geared around bringing more people into the sport. So do you do you think there will come a time, probably not now, but in the future, where we do suffer a little bit, given that what you've just alluded to that that we're not getting out there with the, the bats and the balls and everything like we used to. Yeah, I mean, I think we're suffering now for it. To be honest, I think we're suffering all the way from from top level. Uh, I think the standard of, of sports, certain sports at, at top level, have, have suffered over this for for what's happened in the in the past ten years. Um, and, and no doubt, you know, with technology, you know, kids are, kids are wanting to be on on Xboxes and iPhones rather than out there playing playing ball and. Some don't get that opportunity, and I think that's with you know. We, I know obviously we're on, we're on the Good to Local, uh, you know, podcast, and it's things like that. It's it's campaigns like that that are going to get kids more opportunities to go out and and, and take part in uh, in grassroots sport. And you know, you go out and and you say I'm I'm heavily involved with with the game from grassroots up to up to top level. Um, and there's nothing better than seeing kids run about, you know, playing playing sport. Um. In terms of uh, growing up and you're playing grassroots football, uh, uh, grassroots rugby league, who were your inspirations? Who were your heroes? Who did you want to be? 
Yeah, I mean, I was uh, obviously I grew up in in Oldham, so we used to go watching you know, Oldham rugby. Um, you know, I was a I was a ball boy for for Oldham for for years, and it was it was mad, like you know, going and then signing for Warrington as a as a fourteen year old. You know, I made me my first team debut as a, as a sixteen year old, and then I was playing against even playing with some of these uh, some of these players who I just ball boyed for 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 five years. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was a bit surreal, but oh, obviously Oldham rugby was uh, was a lot of my heroes, the likes of Mike Ford. Um, players like that and then you know obviously internationally you know you watch some of the the legends of the game uh, Ellery Hanley was always my my hero as a as a kid growing up you know he was a great Britain captain um, and being a loose forward as well same position as, as myself he was always somebody that I I looked up to as a as a role model and, and somebody you want to to emulate and you know, became very good friends with with Ellery, and uh, you know he uh, he coached me at, at St Helens for for two years in in '99 and, and 2000. So, um, yeah, that was that was special to be to be coached by your, your hero, and you know what, what a what a great guy. You used to drink in the same pub as Ellery Hanley. There's a claim to fame for you. The old the old the old post office at Hague near Wakefield Tuesday nights it was like he used to walk in. It was like a parting of the seas. Everybody just got out of the way. He got straight to the bar. You know, uh, he's, uh, he's 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 a lot older now, and, he, and nothing's changed. You know, he's, uh, he's still he's just got he's just got that aura about him, that presence, and that was the same when he when he coached us. Um, he was never the most technical of coaches, but what Ellery had was a presence, and it was Ellery Anley, and you wanted to play for him. And you know, our first year that we we had Ellery, um, it was probably the, the most simple. You know, game plan and and and, and coaching that that we'd had in 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 years, and you know we were the most successful because we did the little things right. You know, and, and the attitude and and the culture around the club was was first class under his reign because he was a guy who, who demanded that success that in that respect. Do you remember that moment where you were playing grassroots sport and it and it went up a level? So that moment where you're acknowledged, I suppose, by the the senior coaches in the game who think, do you know what, this lad's this lad's got something. Can you remember around about that time and how it happened? Yeah, and do you know what, I, that's what I spoke about before. It, it kind of started straight away for me because, you know, I'd always played a year above, you know, from going in as, a, as an eight-year-old and playing under nines. I was I was, I was made captain of, of Great Manchester Youth under, under nines team and, you know, that's where I, I first ever teamed up with me, my good mate Adrian Morley. That's the first time that me and Adrian uh, played together at, at under nines, and um, so I was I was captain of, uh, of of that team then, and always seemed to progress and, and go through the the ranks, be it at, at, at club level, then then town team, county, and then obviously England schoolboys was the final one at, at under 16s, but. As I said, I signed professional terms for for Warrington as a as a fourteen year old. I I think my my biggest uh, my biggest asset was my, my work ethic. I think I've all I've always loved training. You know, I train as hard today as I've ever trained. Um, you know, throughout my my career because it's it's what's it's what's in me, and I, I love that. I love pushing myself to my, to my limits. I love I love challenging myself, and and that's something I've always done throughout my career. You know, even as a young kid, I I started the gym at like eleven years old. Uh, and I just think that that dedication and that that discipline um, stood me in in good stead, you know, for for everything that I did later on in my career. In terms of uh, where we are now, uh, at the where rugby league is right at this moment in time, is it in good health? Can we do better? Oh, we can certainly do better. It's in, it's in, it's in good health. It's um, I mean, you know, there's a lot, a lot to be seen. Uh, you know how how sports are going to come. 
come back after after 2020 and everything that we're, we're currently going through. Uh, yeah, the sport's been hit hard this year. Um, we're not the most affluent of sports. People know that, um, and, and we certainly, you know, need more investment into into the game, uh, be it at, at top level at, at Super League or, and grassroots. Um, but you know what we are, and I know Ralph Rimmer, the, the chief exec of the of the RFL, said this straight away. We're we're probably one of the most resilient sports. We've always had our backs against the wall, and and we'll always find a way. Uh, and I think we've we've found a way. Um, hopefully we can bounce back from this and, and you know let's get fans back in them stadiums and let's let's really you know show what a, a great game that we've we've got and what and what fans have missed this year. Uh, I was I was very fortunate to be one of the very very few people who was at the uh, the grand final in uh, in November um, up in up in Hull. Uh, obviously it was a it was a closed stadium, but you know that game as a as a spectacle um, is probably one of the the best sporting events that I've ever seen. Um, unfortunately, it was in front of no people, but you know, thankfully through our, our broadcast partners at Sky Sports, you know, everybody got to see that. And we've got we've got for me, I know I'm probably biased, but we've got the best product in the world, you know, on the field. Um, but it's it's undersold. We've obviously had a, a, a dreadful year with with COVID. It's brought a lot of mental health issues to the fore, and and really brought that to the surface in a in a lot of sports. And, and rugby league is is no different. And I think. You've already alluded to the fact it, it's a real community mentality across all the teams. There doesn't seem to be too much of a rivalry off the pitch, which I think is always a, a fantastic thing. But rugby seems to be one of those sports where it delivers for people when they're in that time of need. Yeah, it does. I think we're, we're one of the, we are a, a very, very close knit community. You know, the rugby league community. I think you've only got to see at some of the high profile cases of you know the Steve Prescott Foundation, Danny Jones Foundation, and and obviously what our good our good friend Rob Burrow is is going through at the at the moment with with motor neurons and the way that the game and the community pull together for for our own uh, and supporting people. You see all the all the things that have gone on around the the rugby league communities and and and. And community clubs, you know, around COVID, of, of helping, you know, the, the local people and, and local communities. Um, we are very, very, very close. And, and and when there's one in need, you know, I was uh, I was at the game for for Rob Burrow and Jeremy Jones Buchanan when when Rob was diagnosed last year. It was it, it was a year ago last uh, last Saturday, uh, and I've never ever been to an occasion like it. You know, you you see. Jerseys from from every club from 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 other countries who were who packed. I mean, this is this is a friendly in January. This is a testimonial game that you'd, you'd be looking to get three or four thousand to. It was it was a twenty five thousand sellout, and you probably could have sold it three times. Um, you know, that's the kind of community that we've got within within our sport, and you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see that even stronger. You know, when the game returns. It's lovely to see rugby league in particular as well. I, I grew up in the, the wrong side of Yorkshire for you, I suppose, from for the South Yorkshire where football's a, a big deal. But We're both the wrong side of Yorkshire for me. <laughs> but it's lovely, I think, to see, particularly on national TV now, where rugby league has become part of the diet of sport, really. The, it's a big broadcast thing. It's, a, it's an occasion. It's, it's, it's been thrust and, into the... The national domain and and the broadcasters who've done it have made such a good job of it. Suddenly, it's it's from where we were, say twenty years ago. I think I'm getting that, Paul. It's different altogether now. It really is an occasion, and it's something to marvel at, particularly with the coverage. 
It is, yeah, and and do you know what, Sky Sky Sports have been have been great for uh, for for rugby league. Um, obviously, since the, the introduction of, of Super League back in in nineteen ninety six, and it just it took the the game profile wise to uh, to another level, and um, it's just something that we've we've got to keep. But it's still not big enough, you know. You look at you look at the broadcasting in deals within other sports, and and you know commercial partners on board and. And this is what our game deserves because you know we speak about we speak about the product on the field. We speak about you know the respect shown in the in the in the grounds in the stadiums with the fans. You know everything that, that the game upholds, uh, the culture of the sport. You know and and the respect and you know for 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 blue chip brands, it'd be a great game to be involved with. You know it's it's a great game to to represent your company. Um, and I think it, you know, as I say, it's it's been undersold for a, a long time. You know how you get that back and get its get its true value because we're not getting that at the moment. But you know, hopefully, just keep keep banging that drum and and keep doing what we're doing. Um, you know, and hopefully that'll things will change. I'm always intrigued by by that because I've worked across many sports and been really lucky in that respect, uh, uh, quite predominantly with football. Um, and the question I hear most often when it comes to rugby and football is. Why can you sit next to someone who's a rival fan of another rugby team and have a pint with them and a laugh, but still enjoy the game, still enjoy the banter, still enjoy the winning and losing? And we don't quite get that right in football in any way, shape or form. The segregation is there. Why, why does rugby, both codes, get that so right? Because I think it's something that you, you grow up with. I think it's something that, that's, that's drilled into you as a, as a kid, is, is the respect. You've only got to look at the way that, that, that rugby, both in, in, in league and union, the way they respect the, the referees and the officials. Um, that's something you're taught as a kid. You know, you, you call them sir. You know, you, you respect, you don't, you don't answer back. You know, you can ask questions politely and, and respectfully of a referee. Um, you know, but there's no... None of this that, that that we see in football because you know, and I, and I still don't get it in football because you know the referee's got two things in his pocket that'll stop it. One's a yellow, one's a red. Yeah, you know, yeah. they'll soon get sick of getting sent off. You know the the way that, they, but but it is it's, it's not good for because we we do see it. You do see it in in grassroots football of kids emulate what they see as their role models, and if they see you know players from from Man United or Liverpool rolling about or you know abusing the referee. They'll think it's all right, you know, and that's something within our sport that that, that that's that's drilled into you as a as a kid is, is the respect, and you know it's great that we see that and that that spreads across the the culture of the of the sport and you know we we always say it of like the, we run the the magic weekend so you've got twelve teams playing in one stadium over one weekend um, so you've got twelve sets of fans who, who might be out in Newcastle on a, a Friday Saturday Sunday night you know all sharing the, the passion for, for rugby league and, and there's no trouble um you know and it, it's, it's again it's it's another thing that that represents our game so well so how does a man of steel two consecutive seasons someone who's won as much as you've won within the game and achieved so much spend his time after rugby yeah well I'm, I'm obviously I'm still heavily involved in the in the game um I have a, an ambassador role with with St Helens which was obviously was, was was my club for 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 11 12 years um and I'm I'm full time with with England as well so I'm on the the coaching staff for the for the England senior team uh working with uh, with Sean Wayne uh which has been has been tremendous and you know we've really made good 
good use of uh, of the time since since last March. Obviously through lockdown, of you know, I've ne I've never done as many as many Zoom calls, but we've probably done more content this year because of the situation that we're in. Obviously, we you know for a big part of the time that we we couldn't really watch any any live games. Uh, you know, the game was was obviously there was no games going ahead for, for three months. So we made use of the time to to. You know, look back at, at previous years and, and and things that we can do at international level. Obviously, it's a it's a big year this year for for rugby league is the the 2021 uh, rugby league World Cup uh, over in, in in England. So, you know, that's a, a massive focus. That's been a focus of ours for the last four years. Is is, is being the best prepared we can to to win a World Cup in uh, in November this year. So, there's a lot of uh, a lot of work and and. You know, effort gone into into the the last nine months and, and made use of this uh, this time in lockdown. That all sounds like there's quite a lot going on. When you do get five minutes, um, how do you like to chill, relax, and and just enjoy yourself a little bit? A yeah, little bit? I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a say I love training. I have a, I have a gym at home. I'm uh, I, that's a that's a big a big output for me. You know, it's something that you know people ask you, do you miss playing? I don't miss playing one bit. Uh, what I would miss is is that challenging myself you know feeling feeling like I've achieved something every day when I used to go training and, and that is not something that you can just switch off you know so that was a big part of my life from from day one that I retired I've trained every day since and and, and that's a big thing for me uh, I love my golf as well so it's it it was nice during the the the, the nice weather in uh, in lockdown that I got a chance to to spend a long a lot of time me and me me and my son took membership at our our local club at Hofwood and uh we we were up there three four five times a week, so it's uh, made use of that. I'm a, I'm a keen golfer, uh, yeah, and just you know out with the the families and, and what have you, and and uh, yeah, just just keeping busy. But obviously, I've got my own my own business uh, ventures as well with with Rhino Rugby League and uh, and Evolve Brand Management as well. There's not much you've not done, really, is there, Paul? To be honest, I mean, please tell me you're either bad at driving or you've got bad breath. So, so we need something to stop us feeling so inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, none of them two, but uh, I'm sure I've got me. <laughs> I'm sure I've got me pitfalls. <laughs> we'll ask. We'll ask the rest of your family. It's been a. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us your time. One thing before you go, though, we can't say too much about it. But there is a, a pretty exciting potential partnership on the way that I think everybody will be really excited about when, when we finally can say something. Yes, yeah, so obviously, you know, we're, we're on here with, uh, with Give to Local and we see some of, the, some of the fantastic work that they do over, over, over grassroots and, and putting, you know, and helping community clubs, you know, with, with kit, equipment, whatever it would be, you know, and certainly... In in this this year, uh, it's been a real testing time for for a lot of these these clubs. So, yeah, there's a there's there's talks at the moment. Uh, we're we're quite way down the, the line. Some some exciting uh, some exciting news regarding a, a campaign, obviously within within rugby league and and helping some of these these community clubs. Uh, something we're really excited about, and you know, it'd be, it'd be great partnershiping up with uh, with Give to Local and 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 you know, let's. Uh, Let's really send a buzz around around the uh, the rugby league world and, and 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 further afield into into other other sports as well. Uh, you know, let's help there. You know, we, I spoke at this at the start of the podcast how how passionate I was as a kid. You know, to to be able to to play grassroots sports and, and let's keep giving kids that that opportunity. There's a little clue in Paul's word in there: rugby league world. 
That's all I'm saying. I can't say much more than that. But Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, your thoughts, your look back on your career. I'm sure you do it very often, but it's it's lovely to get an insight into your journey across rugby league. It's been fascinating. Thanks so much for coming on. We wish you all the very best and fingers crossed we'll see you for the, the Rugby League World Cup very soon. Look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Justin. Cheers, Paul. Well, Paul Sculthorpe, absolutely fascinating. Great to listen to. Uh, unbelievable career. And there is absolutely nothing he hasn't achieved within the world of rugby league. Fantastic guy and great to have him on. Uh, the winner from our last podcast, to let you know, is Tarakil Chowdhury. Well done, Tarakil. The answer was Northern League, and that was on the Mark Clattenberg podcast. So well done if you did get that right. But extra points to Tarakil, who's get himself that kitlocker.com voucher. If you want to be in with a chance of winning our next kitlocker.com voucher, it's worth £250. All you need to do is get to givetolocal.com forward slash podcast. Submit your answer relating to the podcast that you have just heard. Good luck. And our next guest, fingers crossed, is potentially our most recognizable yet. But it's someone who's usually behind the mic rather than in front of it. A little bit of a clue. But fingers crossed, if and when it comes on, we'll let you know.